Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONECURCITYCAST20. North Portland used to have a thriving jazz scene. Now, this was, of course, before a freeway was built through the predominantly Black neighborhood in the 60s. But earlier this year, Downbeat Magazine named the 1905 in North Portland one of the best jazz clubs in the world. Now, there's always been jazz in this city, but the embers from its heyday seem to be burning a little bit brighter these days. So today on CityCast Portland, we're checking in with Alex Newman, host of New Jazz for Lunch on KMHD. We'll be talking about what's going on in the city's jazz scene and all the best places to catch a live show. It's Tuesday, April 18th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Before we get into it, uh, just at the top, do you think that the 1905 is one of the best jazz clubs in the whole wide world, as uh, it was stated in Downbeat, I believe? Yeah, it's um, it's really remarkable what a reputation it has, not only in town, but, you know, across the country. I was at Winter Jazz Festival in New York in January, and any time I spoke to any of the musicians uh, at the festival and said I was from Portland, they'd say, oh, we love the 1905. So it has this really strong reputation that, you know, is far beyond Portland. And it's a, they do a really intentional job of making sure that the musicians who play get paid, you know, what they're worth. And um, it's rare to find a jazz club, like a club that specifically programs jazz, but it's also rare to find one that is so intentional about making sure that the artists are valued. Right. Can you tell our, our listeners a little bit about the 1905 and what makes it special? I mean, how would you pitch that to someone um, who's not been there before? Like, what can they expect? Um, it sounds really good in there, which is, you know, you're going to hear music. So, you know, it's important that you can actually like enjoy the acoustics of it. Yeah. It's very intimate. So when you're in the club, you know, you almost feel like you're kind of part of like a, a secret society or something because of the intimacy of it. Mm-hmm. And it, it creates a lot of intimacy between the musicians and the audience. Right. I remember, uh, it used to be something else before it was the 1905. And so I found right. out about it through a f- my my cousin who was from out of town came okay. and we were hanging out, you know, and he was just like, hey, what's this thing? And I, and I wanted to be like, oh, it's just some like restaurant. And he was like, it doesn't, it's, there's music coming from there. And I was like, what? And we walked in and, you know, there's this adorable little courtyard that you walk through before right. you get into it. And I just remember the owner she was walking around and making sure everybody was okay. And I found that very charming. The vibes were just there. And then there's the side stage and people were just jamming and it sounded great. 
Yeah, the the staff there is very attentive, and it it definitely it doesn't sort of seem like a hierarchical kind of venue where like the owner is in you know like some cavern you know counting the money counting her jazz her <laughs> jazz earnings. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It, it, it feels like, you know, everybody has like a, a shared mission and, and the musicians like always seem very comfortable there and they, they don't feel like uh, tokenized, you know, they feel included in the infrastructure of the business. And, you know, it oftentimes musicians are just a commodity to help sell liquor or oh, food sure. or, you know, whatever the case may be, but it, it all feels very interconnected there. And that kind of dedication, you just, you know, you do, you do not see that uh, uh, very often at all. You know, and Portland actually has a very long and vibrant jazz history that a lot of people don't know about because it got wiped out um, when they put a freeway through the Albina district. I mean, do you know much about the history? I know you've, you've uh, just because you're such a, you know, I want to say it, you're such a jazz bow, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's... Uh, I have not read it, but there is a very extensive sort of annotation of like that history, sort of the pre-Rose Quarter uh, plowing mm -hmm. of, you know, the black neighborhoods in Portland. Uh, the book is called Jumptown, and I believe the author's name is Robert Desich. And it's it's basically like the history of jazz in Portland, specifically like the area that, you know, extended from where the Rose Quarter is, like, I believe, like, all the way up to, like, Killingsworth on Williams. And, like, that whole area was referred to as Jumptown. And it was a very vibrant and electric and, you know, healthy, not only music scene, but just like a, like a, a thriving Black neighborhood. And, you know, like a lot of uh, marginalized communities, you know, throughout the country, but specifically in Portland, you know, the the community wasn't uh, valued by the people who wanted to, you know, build a freeway or, you know, a hospital or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and it's a shame because you're, you're right. There was a reputation amongst, you know, all, all the big artists of the time would come through. Louis Armstrong came through, Ella Fitzgerald. We're talking Charlie Parker, Chet Baker. I mean, these are like heavies coming through Portland because yeah. the Albino district would take care of them. Like there was a, uh, yeah. I'm looking at the clubs right now. There's Paul's Paradise, the Frat Hall, the Savoy, Little Sandy's, Jackie's. And they knew that, like, this, even though Portland was very segregated, if they came into this district, they were treated like people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just crazy when you look at the history that has been here and then was erased. Right. And I just kind of love uh, talking about it now that the 1905 is getting so much attention globally just to be like, well... It's always been here, <laughs> you know? Sure. But how do you think the history of Portland's jazz scene might be influencing, like, the one we have now, you think? I think Portland's always been a, a city that has embraced live music and has embraced music, period. You know, in the, in the 90s, Portland was considered, like, one of the best places to, like, go record shopping, go record hunting. And that's a tradition that carries on today. And I think the testament to the fact that we have, you know, a, a, a world uh, renowned club like the 1905, we also have like the Jack London Review, which primarily programs uh, jazz and black music. We have, you know, PDX Jazz, which is, you know, an organization that 
puts jazz front and center by organizing things like the Portland Jazz Festival. We have the Jazz Society of Oregon that puts on the Cathedral Park Jazz Festival every summer, which is, you know, a humongous, unique, free jazz festival in St. John's under the Cathedral Bridge. It's everything you could kind of want in a summer music festival um, in terms of like, it's kid friendly. And it's super diverse. Like it's like you just said, like it's every single person you can think of is there. And it's also just like people that you're like, I never thought that that would that this would be Portland, (laughs) you know, just. Yeah, it's it's great. It's really special and it's really unique. And I feel like it's just another example of, you know, how this city embraces music and specifically jazz. All right, well, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, places that you can go to enjoy our city's jazz scene. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Well, so what does Portland's jazzing look like right now? What's a good place to start for newbies? Where should they go? Looking at the lineup at the 1905 is like a great place to start because you're going to be introduced to uh, a lot of local artists, but you also will be introduced to... Uh, touring artists that you know come from all around the country all around the world um hey love is a bar on burnside and i believe monthly they do an event called Nubop that um features local jazz talent you know they do a great job of you know and it's just another space where local musicians can perform um a few months back they actually did like a whole uh night where they were doing the music of MF Doom and the jazz. Um, oh, that's mode. so cool. Yeah. And Halo is just awesome. Like, if you haven't been to Halo, you should check it out because they have wonderful food, great drinks, and the vibes yep. are like immaculate. It's just such a, like, you want to be in that room. Yeah. And and it, it's cool to see it sort of transform into a jazz club for an evening, mm-hmm. you know, and it's another place where the staff is attentive and, you know, treat the musicians well. Any local artists that you're digging? There's a lot of incredible talent. Probably one of the artists that I'm really sort of curious to see what they do next is uh, Charlie Brown. He is a uh, keyboardist in town. He tours with Mono Neon, who is a a bass player who sort of bridges funk and jazz. Um, And Charlie also has a group in town called The Greater Kind. And I feel like he kind of possesses a lot of the instincts and inclinations that we really embrace at KMHD. It's, you know, our our catchphrase is jazz without boundaries. And that's our programming philosophy. You know, we look at jazz as sort of like this, uh, you know, root system that has developed, you know, all these beautiful branches of music. And I feel like Charlie Brown's music really uh, encapsulates that. You know, there's definitely some hip hop influence. There's some funk influence, but he has like real serious jazz chops. So um, we talked about some best jazz clubs and some jazz nights. Anything coming up that you're just like, oh, you should check it out. Yeah. There's also the Mount Hood Jazz Festival, May 5th through the 7th. The Jack London Review in the 1905, you know, they have live music 
as far as I know, seven days a week. And, you know, there's reoccurring shows like Mel Brown, who's like a, a local Oregon legend. And there's also uh, the Hoxton Hotel. They do um, a PDX jazz performance every Thursday. And that's all local talent. Um, yeah, and you, you, well, and you can always listen to KMHD. When's your show? I do new jazz for lunch Monday through Thursday, 12 to 1. And I do rare jazz for lunch on Fridays from 12 to 1. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for coming through and, and just like, you know, letting us know what's going on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And now for your microdose of news. Oregon's minimum wage is going up soon. On July 1st, workers in the Portland metro area will receive a new baseline pay of $15.45 per hour. And most people will be earning more than that. Statewide, only 1 in 20 workers earn minimum wage. Federally, the minimum wage is still just $7.25 per hour, if you can even imagine that. And the former president of the Portland Police Union is out of a job again. You might remember Brian Hunziker was fired and then reinstated as a police officer after leaking false information about former city commissioner Joanne Hardesty back in 2021. But effective last Thursday, Willamette Week reports that he was forced to resign again from the Portland Police Bureau after he was caught moonlighting as a full-time deputy in the Clark County Sheriff's Office. Now Clark County has also placed Hunziker on administrative leave pending an internal investigation. Also, we have a listener comment in response to our April 11th show titled The Problem with the Mob and Pop Argument. Everett wrote in, My current landlord owns about 10 properties in the Portland area. Last month, our water heater stopped working. The next day, our landlord installed a new one himself. Last night, one of the slip joints in the kitchen sink plumbing failed. He is there right now fixing it. The guest on the show, Ali Sayer, kept insisting that these landlords are only an idea and could only exist in someone's fictional utopia. Well, I'm living in that fictional utopia and a few of my friends with other landlords are as well. I also purchased a house and will be moving soon. Up until now, it was a rental. I also looked at a few more that had been previous rentals. The rental stocks appear to be falling, and to say these overly generous tenant protections have nothing to do with it sounds like something out of a different utopia. Thanks to Everett for writing in. If you have any thoughts on the show, feel free to text or leave a voicemail at 503-208-5448 or shoot us an email at portlandcitycast.fm. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's.